awesome. <laughs> How many people would be in church singing on a platform when their due date is Wednesday? Is it Wednesday or Tuesday? Awesome, Sabrina. <laughs> Probably only one, you. Anyhow, praise God. We're glad all of you are here tonight. CIA, you can go to your class. I know it's treasury night. Be blessed, be blessed. Rest of y'all, you get to stay in here and hear the word. Woo-hoo! So you can take your seats. Glory to God. Glad that everybody is here tonight. Are you ready to receive the word of God? Well, that's why we have come tonight. Every service has different p- purpose. And sometimes on Sunday nights, real Holy Ghost meeting. And we're always open to the spirit of God moving and expect him to have his way in here even tonight. But I really believe the main purpose that we're going to for tonight is just to Feast on the Word of God. i got a lot of scriptures for you. And we're going to just eat the Word. Pastor quoted it this morning. Jeremiah 15, 16. Thy Word was found and I did eat them. And it was unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. How many are hungry? Are you hungry for Him? Hungry for more of the Word? Well, I'll raise both hands. Amen. Well, this week as I was praying about the service... uh, This phrase just kept coming up in my heart. And this phrase is this, how to live settled in unsettled times. How to live settled in unsettled times. Could we describe the day and age in which we live as unsettling? You hear things on the news, you see things on the internet or whatever, just hear people talking and you can sense that there's an unsettling there's in, in people's hearts. It's like things aren't very stable. Look, look at what happened just this week. There was that shooting in Canada at their parliament on Wednesday. And then what day was that? Friday when there was that shooting in that high school in Washington. Thursday was it Friday? Anyway, it was all this week just crazy things that are bombarding you constantly with, with bad news and evil tidings and all of that junk, the economy, things that are going on in the world. But everybody say this, but God, but God, God will keep us settled, steady, established, protected in unsettled times. Amen. Amen. So, you know, I like to look up definitions a lot of times. It just helps me get further revelation on what certain words mean. And I looked up unsettled, and it was interesting. It said, uh, to disrupt, to disturb, or to be marked by disorder. Well, we're not going to settle in on that. We're not going to be unsettled, right? We're not going to have our peace disturbed. So, on the other hand, I went and looked up settled, and I like this. To put in order, to stabilize, to establish residence in. And so as I begin to just look at those definitions, I know it's a little bit unusual, but tonight I'm going to preach you Webster's Dictionary definitions of the word settled. (laughs) Every one of them spoke to me. So the first one is to put in order. To put in order. If we want to have a happy life, if we want to be at peace, what is supposed to be first place in our life? Ooh, that was a little bit weak. What's supposed to be first place in our life? How many of you in here are 
born again. You can say, I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Without a doubt, I'm on my way to heaven. Well, then you've done the most important thing in your life. The first priority to putting things in order, getting our life in order, is to make Jesus the Lord of our life. If I were to ask you, you could all quote me. Salvation scriptures, Romans 10, 9 and 10, John 3, 16, and on and on. But I just want to refer to one tonight, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And it says this, Therefore, if any man is in Christ he is a new creature. Anybody in here a new creature? Yeah. Aren't you thankful that old things have passed away? I'm so glad that we don't have to live our old life. I'm so glad that when we come to Jesus, whatever was wrong in our past, whatever mistakes that we made, old things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. In the Amplified, it says a fresh and a new beginning. When we receive Jesus as the Lord of our life. I think about lots of times when I read scriptures, I think a lot about uh, old hymns that we used to sing. Things will come up in my heart. If you weren't here last Sunday night, you should get the CD because at the, at the close of the service, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we had a, a gentleman come up and sing victory in Jesus. You know, it's just good when we, when we hear the Word of God, all of a sudden it'll spark something marvelous on the inside of us. Well, so when I think about being born again, I think about that Jesus has taken away my sin. Jesus has settled the sin issue forever in my life. When I was growing up uh, in a little town in Oklahoma, Pawnee, Oklahoma, and I know it was a different day and different time, and maybe none of you can relate to this, but in our little community, everybody knew everyone. And so there, were, there was a grocery store, there was a gas station, just one. No, we had a couple, but anyhow. But at this one particular gas station, my, there's five kids. So I have two older sisters and two younger brothers. But when my sisters and I started driving, my dad had an account at the gas station. And as a teenager, it was awesome to pull in to the gas station. And the guy's name that ran the station was Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith, could you fill it up and put it on Daddy's account? That's an awesome feeling to know that I could go get gas anytime, say, put it on Daddy's account. And because Mr. Smith knew my dad and he was a man of faithfulness, a man of character in the community... He'd bring out a little thing and I would sign it, never think another thing about it. Because the account was settled by my father. Well, when I think about what Jesus has done for us, I think about that old hymn. The old account was settled long ago. Long ago. And anybody else know the rest of the line? You know you're supposed to sing like this. Some women would go long ago and the men would go down on my knees. Long ago settled it all. Anyhow, I can't sing it, but it was kind of cool. <laughs> the old account was settled long ago. Anybody know that one? Long ago, sing it down on my knee. <laughs> settled it all. And the record's clear today. For he washed my sins away when the old account was settled long ago. So praise God, your account settled. 
If the enemy tries to bring up junk from your past, you got to do this, you're going to pay for that. Nope. The old account was settled long ago, and Jesus paid the price for me to have a brand new life. I should get an amen out of that. And then... Another thing about to put in order, we're going to, first of all, we're going to have our priorities, right? We're going to be born again. And then along with that, in getting our priorities right, we're going to walk in our redemptive rights. We're going to find out who we are His and who we are in Him and what we have. Knowing who we are in Christ Jesus will keep us steady and stable in unsettled times. Listen to this verse over in Isaiah chapter 54 verse 14 in the Amplified. I love this passage of scripture. It's so good here in the Amplified. It says, you shall establish yourself in righteousness. You shall establish yourself in righteousness. We just read that he has made us the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Or we didn't read it, but that's 2 Corinthians 5.21. That he has, who knew no sin was made righteous for us. So the work has been, been done. But we have to establish ourselves in that truth. We got to meditate on it. We got to receive that revelation. You shall establish yourself in righteousness. Rightness in conformity with God's will and order. We're talking about put things in order. In God's will and order. Then what's going to happen? You shall be far from even the thought of oppression or destruction. And you shall not fear. And from terror it shall not come near you. We're talking about how to be settled in unsettled times. And when you put things in order and you know who you are in Christ Jesus, you establish yourself in Him, in Him, realities. You know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have rights. Standing with Him. You've been given the authority in His name. You know what that does? That causes you to be far even from the thought of oppression or destruction. You have no fear because you know He's in you and you are in Him. You trust Him with all that is within you. And you know that His Word says no fear is going to come, no terror is going to come nigh my dwelling. No destruction is going to come near me. I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I'm not in fear. And no terror is going to come near me. That's good, isn't it? Get established in righteousness. Get in line with God's order. In order. Put things in order. Hallelujah. Life to be settled. And enjoy stability by putting and keeping your life in God's order with His plan. Very familiar scripture. Matthew 6.33 in the Amplified. It says it this way. But seek. Aim at and strive after 
first of all? Is that what it says? It doesn't say when you have time, after you've done everything else, if there's any time left over at the end of the day. No, first of all. Seek his kingdom first of all, his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. Then what's going to happen? All these things, everything else that we need will fall into line. We're talking about how to be settled. Number one, to put in order. God's order, God's way of doing things never takes away from us. But when we put him first place, you've heard teaching on life's priorities. What's supposed to be first? Our job? Our kids? Our career? Not even our spouse. What's supposed to be first? If we're supposed to enjoy God's way of living God has to be number one. And when he is in all these things, anything else that you need in life will line up. If you give God the place due to him in our hearts. Everybody lift your hands like this and say, Lord God, you're number one. I give you the place you deserve. The place due to you in my life. I honor you above all else. Amen. You know, it's good just to make that kind of a fresh commitment to him with our words, with our heart. And then another definition was to stabilize. To stabilize. What is our stabilizer? What is our equalizer. Again, I think about things, uh, illustrations come to me when I I see these words. And I remember watching westerns as a kid. Actually, just yesterday I was on the exercise bike and pastor was gone and he came in and I had MeTV on. If you don't know what MeTV is, a cool channel, 196 on our cable. And it's all these old shows. I had just finished watching Gunsmoke and was watching Bonanza. When he came in. And you know, I find it interesting. In these old shows, in these old westerns, you might have this scrawny little dude. And he's getting beat up on on, by this big, mean, bully type of a cowboy. But I've seen it more than once. This little dude, all of a sudden, he'll pull a weapon out of his pocket. Either a gun or a knife. And I've even heard him say, I'm going to get my equalizer. Well, what's his equalizer? His equalizer might mean I can't take care of you by myself in my own physical strength, but I got a little help here. I got a little equalizer that's going to come on the scene, and this is going to make it be a a level playing field. You know what I mean? Well, what, folks? We have an equalizer. We have a stabilizer that keeps us steady even in difficult times. I looked up the word stabilizer and it says a device used to steady a ship in rough waters. 
Have you ever faced some rough waters, some difficult times? Aren't you glad you got a stabilizer? Aren't you glad you got an anchor when your ship has been tossed to and fro? You just throw the anchor of the name of Jesus down and it's a steadier. It's a stabilizer. It's an equalizer. Hallelujah. That will hold you steady in rough times. You know what else is a stabilizer to us? The Word. The Word of the living God. I'm not going to expound on that because pastor's done a beautiful job on that. He referred to the Word a lot today. So please get that CD. One scripture that he shared this morning, I will reiterate, is Psalms 119.89. Forever, O Lord, your Word is what? What settled? What is settled? So if we want to be settled, what should we hook up with? The Word, because the Word is forever settled in heaven. And if we will settle the Word in our heart, we'll be steady. We'll be stable. We'll be unmovable and unshakable, even in rough times, even in in times when the world is shifting and all sorts of craziness is going on. Put your anchor down. Put the anchor of the Word of God down, and you will not be moved. The Word is a sure foundation. It's a solid rock that won't roll. And the Word of God gives us wisdom that we need to make right decisions, to be in the right place at the right time, to speak the words that we should speak, to bring peace, to bring security, to bring protection, whatever we need, the Word of God. The Word of God should be nigh us in our heart and in our mouth. And when we speak it out, it changes the atmosphere. It changes situations. Another scripture that I found that I love this, Isaiah 33.6. We're talking about how to be what? Settled. In unsettling times. How to be stable. Look at this one. Wisdom and knowledge will be what? Woo! I think we ought to read this. Let's read this one together. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times and the strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is His treasure. Woo! Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability. Make you sure. Make you solid. Make you steady. Have you ever felt a little unsure? Have you ever felt like, ah, a little like you're wavering or, or a little like I don't know what to do in this situation? If that ever comes up on you and it comes to all of us, run to the Word of God. Say, okay, i got to take in of the Word. I'm going to eat in a lot of the Word because wisdom comes from the Word of God. Didn't the Bible say over in James chapter 1, if any of you lack wisdom, what are we supposed to do? Ask of Him that giveth to all men liberally. Seek Him and He will show you what to do in every situation. Glory to God. And wisdom and knowledge will be the stability 
of your times and the strength of salvation. And then it says, the fear of the Lord is his treasure. That word there literally means the reverence of the Lord. Do you reverence him? Do you honor him? It's precious. And it's of great tidings. And when we do, when we reverence him, guess what? We're not going to reverence other stuff. We hear all sorts of junk. How many of you have heard any junk this week? How many of you have heard anything on, on TV that if you weren't stable in the word of God, you could get fearful. Oh, this horrible thing happened. That horrible thing happened. And this happened to them. And they did this and they did that. If you meditate on all of that stuff, if you don't watch it and you don't guard your heart, then fear can creep in. But we're not going to have that happen. Why? Our heart is not going to be full of fear. What are we going to do? We're going to trust in the Lord. And I'm glad that you feel the same way because I want to encourage you with a passage of Scripture over in Psalms 112. And we'll look, begin reading at, uh, I think, I don't know what I told you guys, but I think I'll begin reading at verse 6. I'm going to read out of the Amplified. He will not be moved forever. Does that sound like settled and stable? Move forever. That's a long time. The uncompromisingly righteous, the upright in right standing with God shall be in everlasting remembrance. Now, this is us right here. Say, this is me. This is me. As a matter of fact, I'm going to read it like that. I shall not be afraid of evil tidings. Read that with me like that. I shall not be afraid of evil tidings. My heart is firmly fixed, trusting, leaning on, and being confident in the Lord. And in the first part of the next verse, my heart is established and steady. Hallelujah. I will not fear. Why do I not fear? Because I am rooted, grounded, and established in Him. Because, why? I trust. I love that. Trusting, leaning on, and being confident in the Lord. Do you know what would happen in our nation if people in our nation just did what's on our money? Right here on the back part of our money. Sabrina, read that part right there and underneath that. But what does it say? In God we trust. (gasps) What? (laughs) That's on our money. If people every time they went to the bank and got out money. Or, you know, before they kissed it goodbye and started crying, I'll never see you again. (laughs) If they looked at it and said, in God I trust. So I'm going to buy these groceries. In God I trust. So I'm going to give in this offering. Because in God I trust that I am fully confident and fully persuaded that if I sow this in faith, I'm going to get more besides. Because my trust is not in this piece of paper. My trust is in Him. When your heart is fixed, settled, and confident in Him, you're not afraid. 
to give. You're not afraid to be a blessing. You're not afraid to live, to go about your life, to buy gas for your car, to buy groceries, whatever, because you're trusting Him. And you know when your trust and your confidence is in Him, He's the source of all things. And where this came from, they might not be making enough in Washington, D.C., but where this came from, I'm never going to be out of because my trust and my confidence is in Him. Woo! And the liberal soul shall be made fat. Reuben and Sabrina are liberal people to be here on Sunday night. So put this in your baby fund. <laughs> in God, we trust. How many of you are trusting in Him? It's good to know He's your stabilizer. He's the one that's keeping you on course, keeping you steady, keeping you settled. Amen? Amen. And then the other, another definition, or what else? We were talking about the word keeps us, is our stabilizer. But you know what else is our stabilizer? And you know I love this one. Staying full of the Holy Ghost. I've read Acts chapter 2 probably thousands, thousands of times. But just today, it jumped out at me in the Amplified, this verse. Acts chapter 2, verse 3 in the Amplified. And I guess it's because you know what I'm talking about. Acts chapter 2, verse 3, Amplified. And there appeared to them tongues resembling fire, which were separated and distributed, and settled on each one of them. Other translations say sat on them, which is awesome. But today that word settled spoke to me because we're talking about how to be settled in unsettled times. So we've established we're going to put God first. We're going to have our priorities right. We're going to let his word be our stabilizer. But we're also going to stay full of the Holy Ghost. When you're full of the Holy Ghost, when He has settled down upon you, it'll keep you on track. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, He settled on each one of them. And when He comes into our lives and, and we allow Him to fill us to overflowing with the Holy Spirit, not only does He settle on us, but when He settles on us, you know what He does? He settles a lot of things in us. How many of you have been filled with the Holy Ghost and fire? You get filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. Some things are settled. He burns some things out and he burns some things in. Junk that used to bother you. You pray much in the Holy Ghost. Guess what? It's going to not bother you so much. You start getting filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Guess what? It's going to well up on the inside of you. Someone on the inside. Someone on the inside. Working on the outside. He settled on them. And when he settled on them, when he saturated them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet, it brought some stabilization. 
into those who had not been very stable. One in particular to Peter. Peter had been the denier. Peter had some personality flaws. He had some character flaws. He was a coward. He couldn't stand up to a little girl and say that he knew Jesus. But when the Holy Ghost and fire settled on him, it settled some things in him. He's the one that stood up on the day of Pentecost and began to preach the gospel. If he hadn't had some things settled in him by the Holy Spirit coming upon him, he wouldn't have had the boldness to get up and declare the gospel. He could have lived in that cloud of condemnation and insecurity all of his life, feeling like, oh, I denied the Lord. I didn't mean to. I feel so bad about it. Just never gotten over that. But by all outward appearances and by the word of God, it was settled in him when the Holy Ghost settled on him. That issue was settled. He didn't walk around under condemnation. He didn't walk around plagued by insecurity. Boldness came upon him. If you're dealing with a bunch of junk that bothers you and, and hinders you, of course you've got to get into the Word. And we've already established that, that the Word is number one. But I encourage you also to pray much in the Holy Spirit. Building up yourself. See, that's what happens. Building up yourself, Jude says. Building up yourself on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Rising higher and higher like an epithet. The bigger He gets on the inside of us, the smaller all that other junk becomes. Let Him be magnified. Let the Holy Spirit magnify the greater one who lives on the inside of us. Woo, hallelujah. When we pray much in the Holy Spirit, it's a means of letting Him live big in us and through us. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord, for the help. The helper of the Holy Spirit. If you ever want to just meditate on all that he is to us, I encourage you to read the book of John. John chapter 14, verse 16. It goes in the Amplified. It tells us that Jesus said, I'm going to leave, but I'll send you another one. What, what are some of the things that that passage says he'll be to us? He'll be our comforter. He'll be our helper. He'll be our strengthener. He'll be our intercessor. He'll be our teacher. He'll be our guide. He'll be our standby. What? That he may remain with you forever. You see a pattern here? We're seeing forever. Settled. Established. Woo! Hallelujah! Forever. His word is established. Forever. The Holy Spirit will remain with us. Anybody need any comfort in your life? You need a counselor, a helper, an intercessor, an advocate, a strengthener, a standby. You have one in you who's there 24-7 and not just on Sundays, forever. 
Sir! Woo! That'll keep you steady. That'll keep you settled when you start to feel a little, whoo, this is too much for me, or I don't know what to do with this, or I'm feeling a little woozy and a little wobbly here. Just go, oh no, I got the strengthener in me. It's settled. I got the standby. Woohoo! I got the one that's going to be with me forever. Hallelujah. Anybody enjoying the word tonight? I am. I'm, making my, I'm preaching myself happy. Woohoo! I don't know if the giants are winning or not, but I'm happy. Are you happy? How do you know that, Joseph? <laughs> I want to ask. <laughs> you, have, you have your way. You know that you know. All right. Now, this was the third definition. It's our last point. What did we say was the third definition of settle? To establish residence. You remember this part of the country that we live in. Lots of parts of the country that in the United States of America. How did it come to be? Settlers. Settlers went there and took up residence. The West would not have been one if settlers didn't go and put down their stake in the country, in the, in the country, the country of Oklahoma that I grew up in. There were settlers. There were Booner Sooners. They opened up that territory there. That, you all want a little history lesson? You wonder why OU was called Booner Sooners? Because in uh, late 1900s, I believe it was, early 1900s, late 1800s, that was Indian territory. And they made a decree and they opened it up that whoever would come and put down their stake and settle this land, everybody was given 160 acres if they put their stake down. I had my great-grandfather, his family came from Tennessee and they were in that race, the Booner Sooners race. And they got property, which is still in the Bell family, my mom's family, still in the family today, 160 acres farm over there. Because Booner Sooner, they shot out there, they shot off a cannon or something, and they raced and they put down their stake and they settled the ground. And there's oil on it. Pastor Mark always says there's oil on it. I believe it too. They're finding oil all around there. Why not? Anyway. They settled. And that means they took up residence. So that's what we have to do in Him. I have a question for you. Where are you living? Where have you taken up residence? John 15, 4. I'm going a lot longer than I thought. I told Pastor I didn't have much. That's usually dangerous when I say I don't have much. I see that look of fear and terror come upon His face. Oh, no. No. <laughs> Just following the Holy Ghost. Thank God we got Him. Amen? John 15, 4 in the Amplified. Dwell in me, and I will dwell in you. That sounds like live, right? Live in me. How many of you have taken up residence in Him? Live in me, I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in being vitally united to the vine... Neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. Then verse 7. If you live in me, abide vitally united to me, and my words remain in you, and continue to live in your hearts, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. Such a deal. Take up residence 
in him. Abide in him. Live in him. And let his words live in you. Then we got this working relationship. The whatever you ask. Why? Because you're asking according to him. According to his word that's abiding in you. And he said, I'll do it for you. Now, I saw another passage of scripture today that had this phrase in it. It's over in 1 Kings chapter 8. And this will be the last one that we share tonight. But this is a chapter, the account where Solomon had built the temple. And uh, they're getting ready to dedicate it to the Lord. And we know that God dwelt there. When they built this temple, they were literally saying, Lord God, come and dwell in this tabernacle made with hands. And that's how it was under the old covenant. But now you and I are living temples. And he lives and he dwells in us. But look at this scripture. This is what Solomon said. I have surely built you a house of habitation. And then look, what, what are we talking about? This word just stood out to me today. A settled place for you to dwell in forever. A house of habitation, Solomon said. How many of you have said to the Lord, My temple is a temple of the Holy Ghost. This house is set aside. As a habitation unto you, O Lord, a settled place. My heart is fixed and settled upon you. And I'm inviting you, Lord Jesus, to settle down in me. It's a settled place for you to dwell in. And there's that word again. Forever, Put that verse back up there. A settled place for you to dwell in. What's that last word? Forever. Forever, Forever, Lord. I give you myself. I give you all of me. That my very life may be a holy habitation. Set apart for you. Have you made that commitment? That's why it matters. Our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. That's why it matters. What we do with our temple. Where we go. What we do with these hands. What we allow to come out of our mouth. What we allow these eyes to feast upon. And these ears to hear. Because our house. This body is just the house that carries around our spirit. But it is important. If you don't have a house, you're not going to be on this earth anymore. Your spirit's going to be in heaven. But as long as I am here, I want my house to be a habitation, to be a place, a Settled place that God knows he's Lord of. 
that Jesus knows whatever I have is his. Wherever I go, Lord, whatever I say, I want it to bring you glory. I want it to be settled in me that I belong to you and that my life is a living testimony. It's read by everybody that sees me. Everybody I run into, they're going to know God lives in her. She wake up every morning and look in the mirror and say, don't say, <laughs> you look awful today. Look in the mirror and say, Woo, there's the house. God lives in today. It's a house. It's a habitation. It's a settled place for him to dwell in forever. Hallelujah. Lord, we bless.